Hundreds and thousands of being taking control of your radio station. This is normally the podcast in which we talk about the songs to be deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. But today we are doing part four of Super Request. Woo. Spoken on behalf of the Australian Parliament, Canberra. <gasps> That'd be a good gig, man. I'd be great at that gig. Speaking way too quickly so the d- data is technically conveyed, but you don't pick up on it. That's like my fucking dream job. It's all separately. Batteries not included. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour. So joining me once again, it's Andrew McDonald. Hey, hey. It's Adam Buncher. Hey, hey. It's Nathan Harrison. Hi, hi. Welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you, and, and and also to you, and also, and also with you, and, uh, and you have some as well. <laughs> uh, for the last few weeks, you have been hearing us talking about songs that you have picked that were released within the years that Triple J's beloved Rosie Beaton featuring Super Request was on the air, guys. How are we feeling about this little experiment? Uh, a deviation uh, out of the norm, out of the uh, hundo canon, as it were, to uh, uh, have a bit of free range and explore uh, songs we obviously normally wouldn't have covered. I think the energy level is really high. <laughs> so that that's good. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> Just the fucking collective sigh that people fucking let out. Like, what do we think of this? It was a pensive I was thinking yeah. what, what a wild ride it has mm. been. No, yes. Yeah, but it's, it's been... Read the script we prepared. <laughs> it's been good and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you to everyone. This bit doesn't yeah. have any more. <laughs> nah, cheers. Nah, all good. No, but real talk, like, it's been nice to shake up. We've been doing this thing chronologically and so we've seen genres slowly kind of come into existence in and out and this has been like a, a huge change. We've had bands mm. that... We either don't get to talk about at all or playing music that certainly is is far removed from stuff that we talk about in the 90s sometimes. Um, so it's been like a real change. And, and, you know, we've been talking about songs that we already have a deep relationship with or in some cases just would never have found yeah. otherwise. Not, not possible. And also just still so weird that Maps never got in. It, mm. Yeah, 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 folks. It's just gone three eleven, which I think is a sign. <laughs> the 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 hundo gods are looking over us. I am very excited about that, and I'm very excited about our first request. It comes from possibly the biggest slash most like dedicated hottest one hundreds and thousands fan out there that isn't mm. in this room. No, I don't like <laughs> this podcast this much. Yeah. So he's he's big, he's yeah, bigger fan yeah, than me. Yeah. William Beatty. And he's given Deej another gift. Oh, yes, the fuck he has. Folks, this is his request. It's Spinning Around by Kylie Minogue. (laughs) Everyone, get out of his way.
You know what I'm wearing underneath these jeans, don't you? You know exactly what the fuck I'm wearing. That was Kylie Minogue coming in at number one in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and number one in the requests, William Beatty choosing the song Spinning Around by Kylie Minogue. We all know this one. We all love this one. If you don't get the fuck out of my way, this was Kylie Minogue's big comeback single to see out her a very tumultuous decade, starting out still as a byproduct of the Stock Aiken Waterman thing in the mid 90s. She goes into indie Kylie phase, which gives us where the wild roses grow. It gives us confide in me. It gives us cowboy style. It gives us some kind of bliss. It gives us did it again, which is still the best goddamn motherfucking Kylie Minogue song ever. It gives us Breathe. It gives us the Impossible Princess record and tour. Oh, there's so much good stuff that comes out of this. She even becomes loved and accepted within the family of Triple J for a few years. Something that she herself says was a huge achievement for her as an artist because she felt that being played on Triple J meant that she was being taken seriously. She needed to get all of that out of her system before she put on these very infamous, very, very short golden shorts and re-emerged on the dance floor with a very, very distinctive and very, very fun comeback single. This is just pure fucking joy incarnate. As much as I love the whole Indie Kylie era, I understand that she needed to do that in order to just be like, all right, I'm getting back on the locomotion. I am fucking charging back up the charts. I need to be the biggest star in the world again. And she succeeded. This song was everywhere, rightly so. Like, you could tell she was having so much fun embracing this side of her music again. But again, doing it on her own terms. She'd split with Stockache and Warren. They, they were a thing of the past at this point. They were, they were absolute relics at this point. Uh, they were the team who wrote for her previously? Yeah, yeah. so they right. wrote like pretty right. much all of her big pop songs of the 80s. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So like Better the Devil You Know, Hand on Your Heart, uh, I Should Be So Lucky, 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 etc, etc, etc. From the mid to late 80s into the early 90s, like they had this little golden period where they were like, untouchable but yeah now Kylie has you know like a new team behind her and a new perspective and this refreshed sense of just like all right I'm getting back into the swing of things and what a huge like song to pick as your comeback single right literally get out of my way like, I'm here, I'm fucking, I'm in the middle of the dance floor, I am in sync with the fucking mirror ball. It's part of, like, a, a mini kind of disco revival that happens around this point, because, you know, you also have the cover of Crying at the Discotheque, which is going off, and then, of course, Murder on the Dance Floor. Sophie Ellis Baxter comes along not too long after this as well. And so, there's a real revitalized love and interest of the disco scene, which... Weirdly enough, times times out perfectly with kind of what's going on now in pop music. Mm-hmm. Not not only are other like younger, more contemporary artists like getting into that disco sound, but Kylie literally just released a record a few months ago called Disco. Yep. She is chameleonic the way that she has been able to kind of adapt and evolve over the years. Similar trajectory to Madonna, where it's just like 
if anyone else is trying to do this, it's just like, oh god, that's just that's just sad, you know. But like when Madonna makes her comebacks in her forties and her fifties and stuff like that, like everyone stops and pays attention. Mm. Kylie was the same, you know. Like she she was, you know, mid she was third, like thirty two. She was thirty two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like in the pop world, like that's a veteran, mm. you know. Yeah, seventh album, man. Right, Light Years is the seventh yeah. goddamn Isn't album. Isn't that wild? Like, that's a, that's a veteran by anyone's standards. Yeah, 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 hundred you percent. Know? I just get all fucking warm and fucking like butterfly insides every time I hear this song. And like s- similar with other songs around this era, like On a Night Like This, uh, Love at First Sight, In Your Eyes, like turn of the century Kylie Minogue pop comeback. I love that era so much. I don't love it as much as Indie Kylie, but I do still have a very special place in my heart for it. Now, Andrew. Yeah, David. I mumbled my way through that one. <laughs> Yeah, you caught it though. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to be good at that camera speaking job, Dan. <laughs> but yes, David, this song after your a huge love there, I do have to say that I like when we talked about indie Kylie. I think that that's the more interesting Kylie to me as someone yeah. who's not a big pop music. Yeah, listener. no, I agree. That obviously isn't in this era, and particularly not with this song. But obviously, she's absolutely not trying to do that. She yeah, he yep. set out to make a song that for the next twenty years will be played at every queer club and still go off. Oh and yeah. She, Nailed it because that's what the song was meant to be, and that's, that's yeah. and she and it is exactly that. It's it, again, it's not at all music for me, but you, it's undeniably a success. Like it's, she wanted to write a contemporary disco style pop song that everyone will want to dance to and sing along to, and that's what this song is. Real sliding doors kind of moment though, because the song was originally supposed to be for Paula Abdul. Yeah, isn't right. that crazy? No way, because she's one of the writers of it as well. Um, and Paula it was Abdul, originally yeah, yeah, yeah. supposed to be based on her divorce from the clothing designer Brad Beckerman, and it was a real kind of like personal thing, you know, like coming out and saying like, well, you know, because because the song is obviously, as you mentioned, Davis is like so self empowering, so like, look at me, I'm here, ta da. Yeah, what's the line? I found a new direction, and it's leading to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Do you like right? what you say? So Kylie obviously took that and used it directly for the purpose of making it about her in, in the comeback at the same time as the mm. song was used to make that same comeback, mm. um, which is a brilliant statement. And like the thing that I always, the thing that I thought when I listened to this though, is like, man, this could so easily have been an attempted comeback mm. and not a comeback. But as you say, like it was successful to the point that this is a pop culture touchstone and Kyla Minogue is now putting, still putting out albums and is still revered. Like I think that it is a hundred percent because of this song. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I wonder what it was that made it successful as opposed to not. And I, I, I think like maybe the credit goes straight to Kylie. Yeah. That she was able to just like to back herself, to be that person and to just do it. And I don't know if this song would have worked with anyone else. Like, I got a lot of time for Paula Abdul, but, like, she found her niche as an American Idol judge not long after this. Like, she reached the point where it's just like, I've done everything I can in the pop world. I'm going to impart my wisdom onto Kelly Clarkson, mm-hmm. you know? Like, with Kylie, I feel like you put this song in her hands and it's like, there's still something to prove there. Mm. There's a chance to really kind of push this as a comeback single. There's a similar trajectory with Umbrella by Rihanna. That song was originally in the hands of Mary J. Blige. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel if Mary J. Blige had released Umbrella, like it would have done 
pretty well, but it wouldn't have been like the global mega like smash pop juggernaut that that song is if it was in the hands of someone like Mary. And I've always found that kind of fascinating, looking at those alternate realities in which a certain artist could have done this song or could have done that mm. song, you know, like, could they have been mm. a hit for that person, mm. you know, mm. like... It's it's super interesting to look at that now because we live in a world where only one person does the song. But, like, I think going back and looking at the 60s... True. Yeah. Literally yeah. the next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there'd yeah. be another cover. And that's super interesting if you're really interested in, like, unpicking what makes a successful song. You've got so much fodder to go back and look at mm-hmm. there. You compare these versions and you go, like, oh, that was a really clever choice to to change it in this way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This song was originally supposed to be a soul song. And then the mm-hmm. producer, Mike Spencer, who was also the producer for Jamiroquai, doesn't that just make a whole <laughs> oh, lot of sense. sense? Now I know this boogie is for real. Right? <laughs> when, and he just said to it, like, he's like, no, 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 this is a this is a disco song. This is a disco song. This is a this is I'm on you my, always I'm on my, say that. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, Jamiroquai guy. <laughs> In terms of actually listening to the song, when I came back to it this time, it's a fucking lot. Oh do, yeah. Do you do you find that? There's like there is just I know you're feeling so me. many layers and so much shit going on all the time. And it kind of keeps this consistent driving pace throughout the whole thing. And even the fact that like she doesn't even bother to finish the chorus before she's into the next verse. <laughs> like, I kind of got a little bit overwhelmed listening to this. I was like, fuck Jesus. I need to listen to some Pig Destroyer calm myself down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That'll do give, it. Give me something I can deal with. Like <laughs> And the other thing that always got me about this song is they've got this one layer that's a a background singer. And as far as I know, all they do is say this, like, (laughs) really strongly at the end of the line. Oh, yeah. Because you like it like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's the job you want. Not the camera disclaimer talking. Yeah. It distracts me every time. It's just like so emphatic. It's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's on, that that's honestly probably just an army of Kylie's, I reckon. Just like, hey, all right, go in and do the third. Now go in and do the fifth. Now just um, say this. Yeah, now just say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that, um, like Timberland has a similar production thing. There's literally just a whole undercurrent, like a whole layer of his vocals just going, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> the ad lib take yeah, yeah, yeah. must be a lot of fun. How do you take yourself seriously when you're doing that, though? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how do you go Timberland into the booth? Take, Timberland and Magoo take, take themselves incredibly seriously. Like, I don't think they would have an issue. They're just all business, man. They're all over it. Yeah, well, they're right. It is a good element for the song. So yeah. may, may, mm. Fucking A. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just need to grow the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just about not being like letting go of the self consciousness yeah. about it and just being yeah. like, I'm just going to do this thing. So this is the last time we'll probably get to talk about Kylie Minogue. I, I'm curious, do, does anyone have any kind of like parting slash final thoughts about Kylie in general? Kylie's just good. But like, I think, it, <laughs> it, you know, I'm never going to be like, I'm going to, you know, get massively into like all the non-singles. That's just not the relationship I have with yeah. pop music generally. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I will say something, I read it. Recently, I can't remember where I read it, but in terms of um, Kylie's collaboration with Nick Cave for Murder Ballads, yeah, and the kind of you know the idea that that was very much legitimized her as an artist or whatever. Um, I really like the take that I read, basically arguing that the opposite is true. 
that at that point Kylie was doing fine and, and you know confided mm-hmm. me was already yep. in the hottest 100 at that point she'd been embraced by Triple J yeah Nick Cave you know not that long ago come back to Australia or whatever that there's a strong argument that that was Kylie legitimizing Literally. Nick mm-hmm. yeah. at the very least I like I like the take that it was a much much more of an exchange than a you know and this is to me like what I've taken away as kind of my thing with Kylie Minogue because that like she's an interesting case study for how music was so divided in terms of its different streams yeah. and its different ways of measuring success and how with that disillusionment we come to something entirely different now and also just like we end up with a canonization of of Kylie Minogue kind of in general from from everyone where everyone can kind of meet and agree there are people who say that Kylie Minogue's indie phase was a failure based on certain metrics. Yeah, and like there is, commercially, yeah. And then, you know, Kylie Minogue herself and many other people who were aligned to the other alternative streams say, like, no, that's the that's Kylie Minogue's most successful period yeah, that's, because that's, look yeah, at what shit, she was yeah. doing. It may have been a commercial failure by Kylie Minogue standards, <laughs> well, yeah, not yeah, yeah. by yeah. other standards. <laughs> no, Because those songs only got in the top 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and did they weren't again, top did five. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now looking back, we can kind of just say that like it's across the board kind of love because now those streams have kind of melded. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Kylie Minogue is hanging out with Dua Lipa. And yeah. Oh was, yeah, was it, yeah, was in yeah. Her they, live they, show. they did um, Studio yep. 2054 together, yep. which is she so was, sick. She was in there. She's, you know. Yeah, no, Kylie is um, not an artist I ever like think to go on to or check out kind of thing, but I have just respect for her. Uh, she's very, very talented at what she does. I think discussing her in the cast have made me realize that more clearly. Yeah. It's Kylie, bitch. Our next request comes from MP Freely, not to be confused with IP Freely. Uh, Siblings, probably. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Please, Mr. P. Freely was my father. They have requested the house that heaven built by Japan Droids. When the soul of the city was laid to rest, and the night's forgotten and left for the house that heaven built as requested by user mp freely thank you for peeing freely my friend we go now to one of the most beloved rock records of the 2010s and it's linchpin the signature song of japan droids a uh, lo-fi vancouver duo guitar and drums nathan hi have you seen Japan Droids Live? Yes. I saw them at the festival. Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. That's yes. the one. Yes. Man. That was a good time. Good fucking times. I saw them three times on that tour because they did. It wasn't a competition. <laughs> I was just going to say they were good shows. <laughs> I had a really good time. I had a really good time. Happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just very thankful to have this band in my life. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, huge. Like you said, this is one of the biggest albums of the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Within, within rock music especially, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
there's something so magic about how Japan droids were able to get as big as they did and still perfectly encapsulate and convey the feeling of being at a small show where you know everyone there and you know the band or listening to your friend's band or whatever and having just this feeling of like a dozen people in a room that you are going through something with and that you are sharing like a real moment with. Mm. There's such a sense of, of fraternity and, and, and brotherhood and it is like the, there's a lot of masculinity to it but it's subverted by just how wholesome and generous it is. It's beautiful. Amen. It's so like, brilliantly said, man. I've said this to you, Adam, so many times that like I don't think there's an album title that more accurately describes the album than Celebration, Celebration Rock. Celebration Rock, like, yeah. And I love it even more having looked at their story because Japan droids basically were like real Fugazi hours. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they could not get gigs anywhere. So they were setting up, they were renting, they were scrapping, they were doing house shows. They were just doing it. So like... Number one, there's your first connection to the, the, the community and the shows where everyone knows each other there. That's lived experience. And then they kind of were, they got a little bit disillusioned and they called it quits as a band. They were like, we're done. And that was just before Post Nothing came out. And then Post Nothing got released. And then as they've decided they're not doing anything more, a label said, hey, we, we want this. And they're like, oh, all right, cool. We'll, we'll keep going, I guess. Pitchfork gave it best new music. Yeah. <laughs> It was all on from there. So, was, like, wasn't that truly a time when Pitchfork could make or break a career? They yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. they, yeah. they yeah. literally they did. made one. That we we know Japan Droids because of the because because Pitchfork said this is worth your time, mm. everyone. And they were right. And and they were, they were so right. They Post so nothing right. is a fucking brilliant record. But it's important to know that that was written and recorded without the illusion of success and and and, and having gone like oh yeah, mm. but. Celebration rock. <laughs> it's the victory lap. It's them yeah. saying like, "Hell yeah, we're here!" Everyone it else come with us. With fireworks, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the beautiful thing about Japan droids is that we needed them more than they needed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that should be the way it works for every band, but especially every rock band, because the illusion that we have been brought up with for rock and roll throughout the course of history is that these are exceptional, beautiful, wonderful people that we are indebted to and we, we are not worthy to kiss their feet. And look, there's Mick Jagger and look look at him. Look at him. Mm. You're not looking at him enough. <laughs> it's Mick Jagger. That's his name. <laughs> and I think part of what you were talking about, Nathan, with the subverting of the masculinity and whatever is it stops being them and it starts being us. What's amazing to me is not only the fact that they got as big as they are, like it's their, like they, they deserve it, but what makes it more interesting to me is that they didn't really seem to have done any sort of compromising on their sound. They're like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. make like a thrashy guitar music with just guitar and drums and it's going to rock. There's obviously like links to other like guitar duo bands, like obviously the White Stripes, the first one that comes to mind, obviously the Black Keys. Black Keys yeah, yeah. They are similar as well um, with... Uh, the John Spencer Blues Explosion, who of course have two guitars, but like the Black Keys certainly compromised their sound to have their success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but these guys just like, we're going to make thrashy love rock 
and it's going to be like <laughs> super open and you're going to embrace it and life's going to fucking rule for the next 45 <laughs> minutes and that's it. And it's yeah, so, man. But it's service to you. That's, it's yeah, service yeah, yeah. to you as the listener. It's yeah. like, we're going to put in, uh, here's the part where you yell, oh yeah. Here's yeah. the part where you yell, <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah. Here's the part where you go, oh, 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 oh. It's like- Here's the part where you go, what? Yeah. Japan droids are Japan droids fans. Yeah. That's a revelation to, to to look at in terms of how a rock band operates, I yeah. think. And that's what makes them so different to, you know, the idea of the yeah. rock band. With this song, obviously, yeah. we're talking about them generally, but to be specific about this track, it, it sums them all up so fucking much. Um, if they ever try to slow you down, tell them all to go to hell. Yep. Like, yeah. That's it. Like, if you're in a shitty mood, yeah. you're like, yes. And then it's, yeah. really, it's, it's not even like tell them to get fucked or kind of like that. It's I'm more wholesome hell. than that. Yeah, go to it's hell. Just, tell yeah. them all to go to hell. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> even in that chorus where Brian goes, when they love you and they will, and then Dave goes, and they will. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they will. Uh, that double reassurance, just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love that shit. I think yeah. there's a real trajectory between them and idols in terms of rock music that's yeah. very like about like yeah. positivity yeah. And, and and community and all that kind of stuff. That's like, a good I think, take. Yeah, it's like idols make it more explicitly political, mm. um, and Japan droids just embody the spirit of it yeah. and the yeah. energy of it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah, so they're the personal idols, is the political. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Japan droids are just like we just want you to be happy. That's like all their music. Is yeah. like, we, we want yeah. you to yeah. be happy. So for the next 45 minutes, we're going to do what we can to make you fucking feel good. Yeah. And it works, man. The In summing up, um, I don't think it was this track. I just think it was Japan Roads at this time. I really thought um, Pitchfork actually nailed it saying, at first, Japan Roads reminded me of music and a sensibility from my youthful wanderings. Basement shows, photocopied zines, catches you only saw once. But seeing that sing-along made me think about how a punk spirit, however you define it, is something that can't be relegated to the past. There will always be rock kids who go to a show wanting to be saved. Yeah, yeah that's, man. Unreal, that's fucking man. it, man. That is I it. love that. So... The live experience that I most think of when I think of Japan droids. I was there um, at the Manning Bar. Yeah. And it was right at the end of... It was a Celebration Rock tour, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, been. yeah, they, been. they'd been on... The, for context, yep. they'd been on the road for yes. almost two years, like, two non-stop. Years yep. We were one of the play, last... They'd stops. played over 280 shows. Yep. But they openly said during the show... Listen, guys, like we've been on the road for so, so long. We are so close to going home. We can't wait to go home to our, to Canada. My voice is almost giving out. You guys are going to have to help me. And just from that point, like it was fucking on mm, for the crowd. Yeah. Everyone the, went for it. Oh, big time. And the highlight was when they played one song from this album called Continuous Thunder, which yes. I believe is the closing track. Yep, 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 yep. And somehow, literally everyone in the crowd ended up standing... Honest to God, arm in arm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, just like that. Like every- Swaying in time with the song. What the hell? Huh. I was front row barrier because, duh. Like, I noticed some people kind of shuffling around me and then I, I was just like, oh, fuck, has someone opened up like a pit or is like someone fighting or something yeah. like that? But then I look around and then I see- all these shirtless motherfuckers, like in arms, including Adam. I had a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Well, you were in there. You were definitely in in a oh, monster. Sure, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I just clock him and I was like, oh fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, I've I've relayed that story back to Brian and Dave since they did uh, my rival podcast. And we got to talk about like everything that uh, Adam just talked about, like their whole trajectory and 
getting to tell them, you know, that this this moment had happened, you know, because like they statistically you don't remember shit like that when you've done like 280 yeah. shows in a row but they'll just say oh that's unreal you know like and I- i'm very glad i got to tell them about that yeah <laughs> and like this song just exemplifies why they rule right like this is it like this is this is celebration rock that's yeah. it yep it's it still holds up uh- I haven't retired the jersey, but I've definitely taken it off. The <laughs> shirts are off for this one, boys. Well, or you could be wearing the jersey of the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> hey! This is their walk-on music. Yeah. Fuck yes! Oh, Canucks! Woo! You know you've made it in Canada when you're the fucking walk-on music for an ice hockey team. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> the next request comes from user Sensei for the win. They have picked... The song Dismantle Repair by the band Anne Boleyn. One last glance from my taxi cab Images scar my mind Four weeks felt like years Since your full attention was all mine The night was young and so were we Talked about life, God, death and your family Didn't want any promises Just my undivided honesty And you said, oh, oh That was Anne Boleyn with the song Dismantle Repair from their 2007 album Cities, as requested by Sensei for the win. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't be rude to Sensei like that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get my head chopped off, aren't I? Wow. You might. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's a sensei, dude. Yeah, sensei. might even. They might even be in this room. And you he's never won. Know. He's he's like he, presumably battled other senseis. Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> They've noticed him. He battled yeah. five thousand Allbergs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the sensei came out on top. <laughs> so Adam, um, yep. we we have a, a similar history slash trajectory with uh, the city's record. Yeah, you are. Uh, I think were the person who told me to listen to it. I did not shut up about this record. Record when it came out, one of my favorite records of the decade. But um, what's your relationship with Dismantle Repair? Uh, long and strong. Um, and down to get the friction on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is this has been a song that's been with me for a long time, um, and has served various different purposes, and whom I've shared with various different, very important people um, throughout the course of my life. Because that's what this song kind of invites, right? Like it's it sits at that beautiful point of emo rock and it has uh the kind of lyrics within it that are just fit to be you know when you're when you're feeling young and a lot uh scribbled on anything that you have or posted on a tumblr St- Stephen christensen the lead singer of amberlin has explained that dismantle repair is about um dismantling yourself and taking out all the bad things and replacing them with good things um so the, yeah. like, there's, there's that message of like moving mm. forward and it has that sense of optimism in it and determinism. You can hear that. But often when I when I hear big statements like things are going to change now for the better, I, I often think like with anything that there's a strong singular statement like that in a song, I think, are you actually trying to say the inverse? You know what I mean? Because mm. so often with, you know, like it's a, it's a love song trope yeah. where, where people will say like, I don't love you. I'm not in love with you anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and really what everything the song is saying is the opposite. Yeah. 
And I don't necessarily think that that is the case with this song, but I think the emotion there, the force behind it kind of invites that question. But the main thing you really, really get is that thing that Emo Rocks just does so, so wonderfully is it's just pure desperation. Nothing is more important than what the Emo <laughs> Rock song is saying at yeah, that man. very, yeah. very moment. Highest stakes all the time. Highest yeah, stakes yeah, yeah. all the time, right? Well, God, um, this record came out when we were like, what, 17, 18? So, like, that's 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 a time when you're feeling those fucking mm. things, man. Yeah. Everything is real fucking important. That's right. And it served me, and it served me very, very well for that. And, yeah. like, it's, it's in the music where it, it kind of pays that off. Like, it starts off very um, slowly and soulfully, but still very heartfelt. Um, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it progresses into that really wonderful kind of section that's underpinned by some really great rhythms coming in. And the guitar leads overall throughout the course of the song is just masterfully kind of done. And the rhythm, rhythm section really impressed me when I went back um, and listened to this as well in terms yeah, of the work, yeah, yeah, work yeah, yeah, they're yeah. kind of putting in. It moves and like ducks and weaves like contextually. It knows when to kind of space out and just really fucking go for it, but it knows when to draw back completely. Like urgency and just, yeah, just really fighting to be heard. And there's also moments of introspect and tranquility and stuff like that. Yeah, I've always really appreciated that about this band. I think that obviously then fits. The, the theme of the song, you know, that is dismantle and repair. Like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's it's like, it's not, you know, a single idea. There's like, there's kind of movement in it yeah, and yeah, shows yeah. kind of things happening over time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and see, it's the involvement of the other person is so important as well. Like, if nothing yeah. else, if nothing else, this is the song whose chorus consists of a line that says, you dismantle me. And that's yeah. always going to be something that people will grab and go, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm and, there. Yeah. And that's, that's what it was for me. It's like, very, it's, I'm in this photo and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also, it's, it's also yeah. very, like, in a, in a way that I'm, like, not making fun of it, but in a, in a way that it's very sincere is that, like, that's a fucking, like, MSN screen name thing. You just oh, me, like, word. exactly like, what I said, man. It, that's written in your diary. It's posted yeah. on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Also, the other line: um, like, "Hands like secrets are the hardest thing to, to keep, keep from, from you." you. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Um, yeah. Come, on. you know oh, what yeah. you're doing. Oh, like, that. That's like I'm hey. going to search that on DeviantArt. Oh yeah. boy, yeah. hello, <laughs> welcome to uh, great emo songwriting lines. Oh, yeah. you know today wow. we have pristine. Yeah, I can picture it behind a poorly drawn fan fiction Sonic character right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This song has definitely been used in an anime. Music um, video. Rouge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One. <laughs> we we have another table divide here. So Adam and I, like, similar to Carnival, like we grew up with this music, with this band. We love this song. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say neither of you two have ever heard this band or this song or this album or like maybe it, Andrew's heard of. I hadn't heard of Anne Boleyn. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had, and I've heard. I think I've heard a couple of songs. Yeah, through, right, right, through right. That, Well, I'll say through friends, through a friend. That was. Um, is it me? It is not you. <laughs> <laughs> you have more than one friend. It's true. I'm sorry, M- motherfucker. Yeah, secrets so hard to keep from you. Oh, Evan. true. Just a, a, a real. Um, this is going to be a fan favorite section here. I say. Um, <laughs> this, this is the uh, Andrew's peek behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, here when we, we go. When we were deciding who's going to lead each song, Adam said, "I'm a big Anne Boleyn fan. Or, like you're familiar with them." And I didn't know if you were being serious. That's how little I'd heard of this band. I, I, I had never heard of them. Um, yeah. That concludes Andrew's <laughs> behind the curtain. We'll put a theme song behind that as well. Yeah, oh, you're going to make course. me find a fucking theme song no, for that? No, Sweet Potato, Potato's doing it for us. Yeah. You're going to make him... We'll find something. He works so hard on everything. And I'll, yeah. I'll find, it'll, be, it'll be a royalty-free um, yeah, yeah. vaporwave yeah. sample like this. <laughs> 
so I have a question is that yes. to me as not only with the lyrics but also as a piece of songwriting with the craft yep. it feels like a more mature version of what I expect from this kind of emo rock and Berlin were kind of like the older brothers of the scene yeah that's like, kind of what it feels at the same time as bands like The Used and Panic and Fall Out Boy and MCR and stuff were kicking off which are were, all great yeah oh yeah no absolutely I'm just saying there's a spectrum and so there were other bands around this time like Anne Boleyn, yeah. like Copeland, like Showbread, mm. like yeah. Me Without You, like May. Oh, God, like Me Without You, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Th- that's what I mean. It almost like surprised me to know that this was coming at the same time that MCR and the using that were kicking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a year call- after the Black Parade comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. to call them both emo rock is so different to me, right? Like, like there's, there's, there's not like the, the theatricality and the performative... Emotional and like stuff. campness, yeah of of the of the yeah. of your MCRs and this you is, this is much more focused, I guess, on the introspect and, and yeah, it, it still has its you know it's still very much in its feelings. This is much more like I'm feeling some shit. I'm gonna be much more kind of introspective. I'm I'm, I'm a prey on this, you know. I, uh-huh. I, I got some I got yeah. some I got some I got some things to think about. That's also I guess one of the things that was part and parcel of you know the the older wiser like older brother most of them were pretty christian i have a i have a scorching hot take (laughs) (laughs) here we go christian rock is emo rock yeah man i mean you look at the genre you look at the music that's going on there the feeling that it's trying to generate in you if you like you you go to hillsong you're going to an emo show i think christian rock is emo rock but emo rock that has a definitive solution like that is a, that's very insightful and great. I like that. It's, you punched up my take. You punched up my take. Like it's it. answered. Yeah, rock. yeah. It's even oh. rock with an answer. Oh. Like, like you want your prayers to be. <laughs> yeah. What a good podcast this is. Oh, oh man, so we're good. great. Yeah. How's that? We actually not only had. A, a, a take that was interesting and good, but then punched it up yep. and didn't even like usually congratulate we're, ourselves. But yeah, but like <laughs> we didn't even yeah. But like when we usually when we, whenever any of us says punch it up, it's when a really it's a joke just lands flat, and we'd be like, no, no, we can work on this. Punch it up, punch it up. Yeah, and we didn't have to do that. But you didn't even have to say punch it up, Andrew. You were just punching it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh. the great punch. Oh, so good. Five, Five stars. Thank the Lord for this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we could interrupt the actual music discussion with what the podcast is the really about. <laughs> us jerking off. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know this song, but it's cool. <laughs> Not for me, but it sounds way more mature than most emo rock, even of the Midwest emo rock variety. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which yeah, I know yeah. because yeah. they're from Florida. I Googled Florida. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Home of the fighting alligators. Go <laughs> alligators! <laughs> um, I pro- I, I, do you want me to actually look up? <laughs> the, the, well, the, the, what, this that- is the walk-on music for. Fuck! <laughs> 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 Work. Some really morose basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom yeah. of the table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they don't want to be there. What sport, Andrew? I don't know. What do you reckon an alligator would play? Be, be what? best at what's the, what's the alligator's favorite sport? Hmm. Let's punch this. Hmm. <laughs> probably, probably eating birds is the alligator's favorite yep. sport. That's pretty good. That's pretty oh my good. god, Andrew! What? <laughs> you, is there I, is there I, a fighting gator? I, no, I, uh, yes. <laughs> I looked up Florida football and the Florida Gators is the yes. name. Yes. Uh huh. So we were right. We didn't. I didn't need to look it up. Yeah. Didn't need to punch it up. It was right there. Yeah. Go Gators! Our next request comes from. Liam. 
Oh my god, it's an actual name. Oh, so um, sensei for the it win. It could still be a, a nom de require. <laughs> Is that what it was? He <laughs> could still be a sensei. Yeah, also true. He's also not the true. winning one. But yeah, he left the title field blank. He, he's like, I don't need everyone to know that I'm a sensei yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah, reviewing yeah. podcasts. Yeah. He bought a lordship. Yeah. Have you seen that in those ads? Mm, yeah. yeah. A lord, lord, lordship. Yeah. You buy you, a small you, plot of land in the UK and yeah. then you become the title of lords. Then lord because you're lord a lord. Or lady. So, so then when yeah. you're a lord, so then when you like apply for things, you can legally say I'm Lord Adam. Do you think can we yeah. Can we buy some land on behalf of Bluster Murphy? <laughs> Lord Bluster oh, yeah, Murphy. I thought you say the podcast. Well, that's also <laughs> nice. Yeah. Lord Honest 100. Um, you, think, you think Bluster's ready to be a lord? Kakapo was bird of the year. Bird of the oh, year, we need to know? talk about this. Yeah. yeah. That hottest bump. Hottest yeah. bump. Oh, <laughs> we, we have not yet taken credit for the bird of the year, which yeah. is entirely our doing. So and you're welcome. welcome. We, it's even more literal than that, because like, in terms of conservation, they had a very good year. And we like literally contributed to that, so mm. it is uh, you know a quantifiable hottest yeah. bump. Yeah, I was I was fully about to say like, well, don't actually say literally, but I'm like, oh, we did pay like gave them some cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we helped those birds fuck. Yeah, mm. birds be fucking. They they do be. And how? What did Liam request, David? <laughs> he requested "Ounce of Your Cruelty" by Blue Bottle Kiss. Kiss uh, with the song Ounce of Your Cruelty as requested by Liam uh, Blue Bottle Kiss a uh, a gone but not forgotten Australian indie rock band from the late 90s early 2000s uh, home to two uh, songwriters uh, one by the name of Jamie Hutchings mm-hmm. um, a uh, yeah formidable songwriter in his own right but another man much more close to my heart personally is a guy by the name of Ben Fletcher uh, now Ben when he left Blue Bottle Kiss uh, he was uh, at the time also working with Sarah Blasco he was basically her right hand man for first few records of hers played guitar with her was one of her co-writers um, yeah like uh Worked on a lot of that stuff. But also around this time, he formed a band called The Devoted Few, who uh, wrote and recorded and released an album called Billboard Noises in 2004, which to this day remains one of my favourite Australian albums of all time. I think it is an absolutely underrated masterpiece. One time, I, I, I don't remember doing this, but I have proof of this because it was in my inbox. I sent Ben Fletcher an email. It was like two in the morning being like, can you put this record on Spotify? I'm sick of having to listen to the <laughs> CD that I bought on eBay. And just wrote this whole... Were you typing drunk? Pretty much. Like, I, I, I wrote this whole email just, like, spilling my guts to this dude about how much I loved this record and how much I loved it since I was a kid or whatever. And then... 
like a couple of days later, I get this email. I'm just like, Ben Fletcher just emailed me? Why did he just... And then it says Ari, and I'm just like, Ari! <laughs> what? Some people text their ex. Deej writes emails, polite emails to bands. It's also like, because normally, you know, at 2 a.m. or whatever, you'd be like, I'm going to send this in the morning and it mm. won't look so... But I think, you know, as a musician, you want to get the two... You want, you know, yeah. you want to... Mm. People it, are up late at night. It came at a normal time like, for him anyway because mm. he was living in the US at the time. Oh, sure. so, <laughs> so what did he say? He said that they didn't have control of it. Like the, yeah, the, label, that, yeah. the label that had put the record out was like long defunct. But somehow, some way, they've managed to now get all of the Devoted Food discography back onto Spotify. Ben lives back in Australia now. Um, he recently reunited with Jamie for a show at the uh, Camelot Lounge. Uh, and uh, That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they've been doing some Blue Bottle stuff again and which may potentially lead to a full-blown reunion tour. And uh, Ben just picked up a pretty cushy gig playing bass for Amy Shark. So he's doing pretty well for himself at nice. the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Got so, play some stadiums next year. Yes, mm. indeed. I know like a handful of Blue Bottle Kiss songs. Coming to this song, I had a vague idea of what to expect, but it wasn't like, oh yeah, this this is what Blue Bottle Kiss are. This is what they sound like and stuff like that. But um, I can definitely see myself going down this rabbit hole a little bit. Like having done this song, I'm just like, yeah, this this scratches a niche of like 2000s Australian indie that I obviously fucking adore. There's a great sense of melody. Like the guitar work is really great. The production's there just enough to like elevate it from, you know, like being like that royal headache, like recorded in a boat shed kind of vibe. But it still feels like a band in a room, you know? Mm. And yeah, I think that's a that's a really, really good vibe. I got a lot out of this one. Like uh it was it was a nice surprise. So um Totally, yeah. totally new to me. Had never heard of Blue Bottle Kiss. Yeah, um, right, right, right. Yeah. I had neither. Yep. Right, Mr. Yeah. Oh, so I'm the only one who'd actually even heard of Blue Bottle Kiss yeah. before yep. this. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah. Um uh, Sydney based uh, kicked around between um, 93 to 09 um, apparently they started out a bit grungier than this they were like yeah, yeah. influenced by and you can I think you can pick up on this as well a little bit um, a lot of the US indie bands from the yep. early 90s like your um, like your pavements and stuff I hear pavement in this yeah, song yeah I hear pavement oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. this was um, from uh, 2001 because it was just so new to me um, I only listened to it a couple times but like enjoyed didn't love but can see myself growing fonder with it. Like mm. the more, like the, like checking it out more. Pavement. I got a bit of shades of um Galaxy Five Hundred as well. Um, yeah, who yeah. I adore. Um, the, the math that I worked out was kind of like Crowded House plus Augie March. Got a little bit of something for Kate. Yeah. 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 Well, That's- they were um, label mates. They were signed to Murmur. Which oh, of right. course. Yeah. Uh, had also Silverchair, Ammonia, the Jebs. Uh, Lotel and our good friends in Beaver Loop. Ah, yeah, baby. I love how very, uh, despite the references that I gave mentioned to uh, several like, US bands, I do love how utterly Australian this feels. His totally. vocals do a lot of that work, obviously. Yep. Like, they carry that a lot. But yeah, it, it feels not just with the vocals, but even the music. It, feel, it, it, it doesn't even feel particularly Australian so much as it feels particularly Sydney. Like, yeah. there's, there's a real fucking loveliness to that element with it. And there's something, Deej, which you picked up on when you were talking as well, in the production where it's not too polished. So it still feels like your mate's band, but it's not like you like the band. Yeah. (laughs) Your your, your mate's band's (laughs) actually pretty good. Yeah, That's always nice. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, there's something, it feels local, it feels close. Mm. 
you know, like yeah. yeah, if it's not your mate's band, then at least you know they they're playing where you go or whatever. Yeah, it's a lovely chill one. Yeah, it's, it's just, just nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's sunny Australian indie. Like I, I immediately listened to this and went like, "Ah, oh, cool!" Like this would go so well on a playlist with like your Orgy marches and yeah. and a bunch of other yeah like machine that, translations that in, indie that stuff. Sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like even your Sea Bellies. So we talked about as in one of the previous yeah. Yeah, 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 super yeah, request right. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think similar to Sea Bellies, it's like I'm thankful that this was brought to my. I mean, I knew Silly Sea Bellies before, but it's like I'm thankful this was brought to my attention because like here is potentially another extension. And potentially a very quality one that will have a lot of stuff that I love that already links in so nicely to something that I already enjoy. Mm-hmm. And something that I probably, yeah, could stand to have more of. And I think that the sound, although it's very much rooted in that in that time, it's it holds up now. Like it doesn't seem like a yeah, dated no, sound agree. in any yeah. way. Yeah. I think that Australian indie sound in the way that it's captured here is kind of evergreen. I think that's because, like, like you're saying, it's like it's not overproduced. No, it's just quite I, I guess, hum, humble in a way or whatever. But there's there's just not a lot of artifice thrown in. It's just kind of the song, and that's just what it is. Um, and just means it's very lovely, but also, yeah, yeah, just yeah, it doesn't feel dated or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But lads, you're in Australia. We use the metric system. We here. do. Yeah. <laughs> what's, this, what's this ounce business? I mean, do we even weigh cruelty with mass? Oh, real talk. Yeah. A, mm. a pinch, a pinch of your yeah, cruelty. A pinch of cruelty. That's yeah. enough, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if, like, if I'm having cruelty, not too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I like, thank God, I only took a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, only a little yeah, bit yeah, of cruelty. Because if you get, a, if you have a tiny bit of cruelty, you're all right. You can laugh it off. Yeah. The waiter comes around with the pepper grinder. Cruelty, cruelty. It's like just, I don't just want cruelty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Much like um, pepper on its own, I don't just want <laughs> yeah, cruelty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dad's leaning over and is like, oh, you want some joy with your cruelty? Yeah. <laughs> dad. <laughs> oh, I'm experiencing too much cruelty. Hi, experiencing too much cruelty. I'm, I'm dad. dad. <laughs> Fuck. I like the link also, uh, you know, blue bottle kiss, obviously. Referring to when one is stung by the Portuguese mm. man of war, mm-hmm. which frequent our Sydney beaches. That's mm. true. Um, I and then that's everyone a has bit, to piss on everyone. Cruelty. You know, you know what it's like. That's plenty of cruelty. Yeah, yeah, getting get stung by much. a blue bottle. It, yeah. Fucking that, that man. It, it, that's enough cruelty. If if a, if a blue bottle sting is just an ounce, I wouldn't want to see a teaspoon. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, fellas. <laughs> Hang on. How much? How much is an ounce? Less than a teaspoon. <laughs> I'm not sure it's it is. More. I think it's. I think it's a bit more. Okay, let's place that one up then. I wouldn't want to see a cup. Whatever. I don't know. No, this I, why, no, I this why right. I think you're fine. Things are This, this is why metric is better. The only it's, one that yeah. Metric yeah. calms me down. <laughs> Imperial rolls me up. <laughs> oh, Imperial you're, is the real ounce of cruelty. You're not alone, man. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, they could have just been specific and given it to us in grams. Mm. You know? Just something to consider. Australian For the bands. Future. Yeah. Mm. Just just give think it it's to, interesting. Give it all. to us in grams. <laughs> Any facts about blue bottles now? Mm. While we're here? They're stingy fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> no good. Okay. Yeah. Is it problematic to call them Portuguese man of war? Is that a bit should we not? I mean, because that's based on the ship, right? Right. Yeah. So it's probably fine. I think it's fine. Okay. Well, if it's not, let us know. Yeah. Does anyone want to start a Weird Al parody band like uh, Blue Bottle Piss? 
Because, uh, you, because you're going to piss on, uh, on Blue Bottle Stings? That yeah. seems very it's mean. A, it's a really good bit to make a parody band of a super niche yeah. like band from 10 years ago. Like, I'm into that. I'm, I'm going to do, yeah, Blue Bottle Piss and then the, the Devoted Poo. Yeah, that's good. Jeez. Just, like, commit really hard to, like, a full set Your of Your ass band is mine, Ben Fletcher. That most people haven't heard of. Good song, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really lovely song. Yeah. Thanks, Liam. Cheers, as. Maybe Liam stands for something, so it is weird still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look inside a mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could have been so easily not mum. <laughs> like, so many things that start with M, Andrew. Just had other choices is what I'm saying. Our final song is The Ever-Changing Spectrum of a Lie. By the Joy Formidable. And it is brought to us by our final requester, Malloy. Formidable out of Wales from their 2011 album The Big Roar. That is the ever changing spectrum of a lie. Uh, Joy Formidable uh, from Wales. Tom which, Jones, Tom Jones. Tom, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Jones. Best known for their song Whirring. Um, Whirring was sampled by the Lonely Island for their 2013 hit YOLO. What's our relationship with uh, the Joy Formidable? The Joy Formidable. Formidable. Yeah. I listened the- to the Big Roar a lot in oh. 2011. Dude, oh, for real? Dude. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was expecting yeah. another classic Nathan, I've never heard of this, Harrison. No, no. Big I Roar was... A lot. B- yeah. But then, you know what band I think I've just not gone back to at all after that? This one. <laughs> I don't know why. There's a part of me that wonders why the Joy Formidalb didn't get like slightly bigger than yeah. they were. Because they're already pretty, I mean, sound-wise, they're pretty big. In fact, I love that, the in general, the album was very well-received, but there were a few critics who said, it's too big. (laughs) 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 They're just like, give me the biggest roar you have. No, 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 (laughs) that's 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 too too big. big. Because I fucking, like, around this time was when I was, like, really, like, well, actually, it was a bit earlier than this, but, like, I was still in a, like, I'm still heavily into shoegaze now, but at this time, I was, like, hunting it out quite a lot yep. like, and then this came out and whilst it isn't explicitly shoegazy it is drenched in fuzz yes and that rules just so many layers of just yeah. like uh, extra guitar noise or extra keyboard noise yeah. which you know if you're having trouble with a song you could you could do worse than just trying that out yeah it doesn't work for everything but give it mm. a go like just add more noise mm. you know um, and yeah I, I, I love her um, Welsh accent as she Ritzy? sings yeah Ritzy uh, Brian, like, who's yeah. also the um, worth noting, is the guitarist oh, cool. um, for for the Joy Formidable. Um, yeah, they're a power trio. Yeah, you hate to use the word to describe things, but it is epic. Like um, <laughs> truly, yeah, it, it is it's, a it's epic fully Reddit Fortnite, moment. Dude. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's the bacon of music. Yeah, it's it's, it's totally poggers. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, it's poggers. It was my it was one of my poggers of, of 2011. Oh man, I, I truly can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my my body is turning uh, into a pile of soot. Oh no, everyone, put f in chat for Andrew. Uh, <laughs> that one's okay. Ass. This is um like intimate but huge. All the layers of fuzz. Yep, it's just in, enough. Going on here that I'm just like, because this is the first track on the record, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like what an opening, yeah. right? And like, I'm like, oh, it rules. Okay, it just rules. Like, it just rules yeah, so much. Yeah, it, it kicks off the album so well, and the album is terrific. And this is just, yeah. When I saw this come up, I'm like, oh, I'm immediately going to listen to that album. When I saw this request come in, I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to the uh, big roar right away. It's wonderful. Yeah. Like it, the if we if it hasn't made it clear already, like the big roar is a really really great album that. Isn't talked about that much anymore. But I completely like, missed it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, right. I've, oh, hey. I've, uh, to to quote a great man, I've never heard it. <laughs> oh, dude, D- how did you like this song? It was good. Um, I would have probably cut the first like ninety seconds. Like, I I would have preferred it to get straight, like cut straight to the chase, especially because it, it's already like a seven and a half minute song to begin mm. with, you mm. know. But like. Yeah. We were all less busy in 2011, yeah. I think. Yeah. We had more time. <laughs> I was doing a lot of intros. <laughs> Benz would be like, do you mind if we take our time getting here? And we're like, oh, don't worry. It's 2011. Right. Yeah. 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 What else am I going to do? It's a pre-Brexit yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to worry about that. No. <laughs> Yeah. Or anything else, <laughs> Kanye is still kind of you know it's fine. Like that's, yeah, Kanye that's is still not good. Occupying yeah. anxiety for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. How how much of the day do you spend worried about Kanye? Uh, I'd say not much and too much. <laughs> <laughs> An ounce of thinking about Kanye goes a long way. <laughs> but like the wonderful thing about this song and the thing that like it really should be applauded for is how it manages to start big and somehow get bigger without. Mm ever releasing you from tension that's actually really really hard to do like and i'm not even sure if i could tell you what techniques they're actually using in order to do that or why it works but you just look at that as an effect and that's kind of incredible right like to continuously just build and just when you think you've reached a zenith not here's another one going to kind of babushka straight out Mm. of there as well and yet like you're never let off the hook (laughs) bigger bigger inverse oh yeah. yeah yeah that's a babushka it's just the bushy year, but putting back together. Yeah. 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 No. Packing up. No, because it's coming <laughs> It's coming out, but it is still bigger. Right. So, like, if, if the book, like. Man, we're getting into some fucking <laughs> non Euclidean geometry here, I think. Uh, yeah. Kate Bush is having a stroke right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I re- just as an interesting thing that the song does, that, that effect towards the end where it's like this xylophone kind of wind chime thing that kind of comes yeah, in and kind of yeah, phases yeah, yeah. out and it it almost sits at a layer that operates on top of the song like it, it almost mm. happens where you are and it kind of frames the song in just such a weird way it's that, that's a really unique weird thing that kind of happens that I'm because kind of there's it. something really nice about a song and a sound that, that that's that big and then that effect kind of makes it feel a bit like a step away from you. Yeah. Because that there's an, a layer in between and you're like, yeah. oh, I was so immersed in this thing and now I'm kind of watching it from the outside. And it plays with perspective. Mm. It's one of the only times I can really point to in a song where my perspective is changed. Outside of like harsh panning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's worth, worth highlighting as mm. a really interesting thing. But otherwise, like, it's got this diving kind of riff that, you know... They've said with this album, they're really exploring extremes. They're, they're, they're playing with like this kind of like almost manic depressive kind of energy where they're like the absolute height 
of optimism and, and the and the opposite of that and kind of fighting between that and also just allowing yourself to be fluctuated on that. Mm. You hear that immediately in that riff. Like the riff itself has such a physical energy. To me, it, like when it dives, it's being on a plane experiencing heavy turbulence. You feel your gut drop out. It's, and it's just, you know, amazingly produced. Yeah. No, Hard hitting. Yeah. Occupies a great corner of like, indie rock that I was certainly very after at the time which mm. is just kind of like taking things to the furthest extent of big yeah even if it's too big for some mm. <laughs> I was no yeah. I'm fully with you man it's, it's that kind of like that era of when this came out in 2011 yeah 2011, 2011 um, yeah. was like a time when this kind of music was just like oh great this is what a lot of other bands should have been doing I think like for me yeah um, and yeah like, I feel the same way yeah and I, 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 I'm so, I was super glad to revisit the record after hearing this wonderful track I think probably if we looked you know with this in mind quite a few bands from that point did do that yeah but certainly when this happened in 2011 I was like oh thank god this is here like I'd, I'd been thirsty for exactly Absolutely. this yeah this sound mm. yeah fucking good choice Malloy yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the thumbs up. Let's, let's do another theme song a bit. Andrews, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Just why do you make me work so hard? We just we just did it then. Did it then? Oh, that's it. And it sounded great. so good. Okay, so I don't have to do anything more. Let's just do it again. Andrews, thumbs up. That brings us to the end of part four of Super Quest. We've done done it. Thank you very much to everyone that has sent in requests. Be you man, woman, non-binary, sensei, wherever you land on the spectrum. One of the many Albergs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the four genders. The tr- <laughs> tranquil, tranquil or non-tranquil. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> whether you pee freely or in private, um, whether you're the next big thing or you're the big thing currently, uh, we are very much appreciative of uh, the five stars, the love and the support that you've been showing us. Thank you again for giving this a listen. And of course, like if you still want to leave us a five-star review. Now you can say you're doing it for the love of the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's a that's actually really cool, I think. Yeah. Don't you guys think that'd be really cool? Oh yeah, it'd be so <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Also, if if you want to leave a review and make a request, maybe we'll get to it after the next season. Fully, fully. You know. Just uh, yeah, if yeah. we have enough, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Leave us a review because you love it, but also um, shoot us an email or a, or a message somewhere, and you know, just incidentally let us know if we did do another super request episode, what you would like to hear. Also, uh, you can just email us about anything, and we'll probably yeah, yeah. we'll probably read it out. Yeah, yeah. I, but in all in all seriousness, we love hearing from people. Yeah. If you wrote like. Like a, a joke you like, or like a poem, send it in. I'll or fucking a question. Read it for you. Yeah. Or a question. Or if you have thoughts on whether we should have a mailbag section, let yeah. us know, and we can have a section where we discuss <laughs> yeah. whether we have a mailbag section. Yeah, and, we'll, and we'll, of course, play the mailbag theme song. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> well, well it's, it's the should we have a mailbag theme song that's different to the mailbag theme song. With that, we might yeah. not even have a mailbag yeah. segment, yeah. but we'll, we'll have. A should we have a mailbag segment? Thinking, thinking, thinking about the yeah. mailbag. So let us know if you think we should have a mailbag section. <laughs> Hottest 100s and thousands at gmail.com. That is 100SAND. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Hottest 100s, Facebook at Hottest 100s and thousands, Instagram at Hottest 100s. We also have a Discord that is linked in the show notes. The Discord. Mm. And we're on parlor now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bro, we're what? not on Parlour. I'm joking. <laughs> no. What's pa- What's Parlour? It's like Twitter for Nazis. Oh nope, <laughs> nope. No, oh, I, I was thinking. I, I, I was. I was thinking of fucking like parlor gigs where like people do house shows. Oh, right, Could yeah. you imagine if someone booked us to do a house <laughs> house show podcast? <laughs> like we turn up to your house and we do the podcast at your house. <laughs> if you'd like to book us to do a podcast at your house, send us an email. It's like cameo, but way more intrusive. Oh <laughs> man. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, bye, Mr. Andrew McDonald, good night, Mr. Adam Buncher, bye. My name is Rosie Beaton, and everything is good for you.